This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Your best insight into Utah Jazz basketball and the NBA in Utah. For the next two hours, it's nothing but NBA conversation from the local front to around the association. Now let's get things rolling with Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Welcome to the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. This is not Andy Larson. (laughs) This is Zach Harper. Andy Larson's usual co-host now, I guess. And I'm joined by Mr. Salt City Hoops this week, Spencer Hall. This, You know what? This has been a long... This has probably been, what, seven years in the making? And uh, it feels really good to have two of the original Salt City or uh, True Hoop Network guys finally, you know, having a show together. It feels really good. It does feel really <laughs> good. Um, you guys have been nice enough to bring me into the Salt... Den, yeah, I guess exactly. No, I, I don't think people understand what a celebrity we have <laughs> in, basketball, yeah. in the online basketball the, world. That's that's definitely how I would describe myself is uh, is a celebrity of the basketball world. Uh, if you follow a small amount of people on Twitter, well, that's you know that's a big deal. It is a big deal. You can tweet both of us during the show at Talk Hoops at Salt City Hoops. Um, except your phone's dead, so. Maybe I just need to bring up your mentions at yeah. some point. You so can that still may be tweet a little at me. Rough. I just might not get to it for about two hours. Right, exactly. But you'll eventually answer the question oh, or yeah. respond to the comment. You can also call us 877-353-0700. Uh, we've got a fun show. Well, I think it's a fun show because we're talking, we're talking jazz hoops. basketball. We're talking hoops, except part of the problem with that is uh, the jazz have not performed up to at least the expectations Andy and I had. Prior to this week. Yeah, no. I, if it weren't for the Lakers, they would be in big trouble right now. They've had a, a rough stretch. But, um, you know, I, I think the I've been thinking about this. With the injuries, I feel like they've been able to get a free pass. The only lucky thing they've had all season long is that the West is down. And that they're in That's the eighth true. spot. Any other year, they wouldn't even have any hope. Uh, but the injuries have had the upside of getting a chance to see some of these young guys that wouldn't have had a chance otherwise. Some guys uh, in the past would have been completely buried on the end of the bench. Trey Lyles wouldn't have probably right. seen a lot of time uh, with these, some of these guys. And I think the upside, jazz fans love seeing the bench. They, you know, Every team does. But I think that's the thing that has been kind of exciting about this team. You get to This year, you get to see some of these guys that would have been on the end of the bench all season long. Yeah, I mean, Trey Lyles has been kind of like a revelation over the last two, three weeks. Yeah. He's been really good. It's not just like good for a rookie. He's been a good basketball player. And you're right. The, I mean, the West being down definitely helps because Houston hasn't been that good. I mean, well, they've been really bad, really embarrassingly bad at times. But Sacramento is, you know, right on the Jazz heels, and they're not very uh, consistent. The The Portland Trailblazers haven't been very consistent. Denver's not really in the mix, but kind of. New Orleans dealt with a bunch of injuries like the Jazz, and that – really killed the start of their season. Um, and in the interim, like the Jazz have been good enough. I guess the question is, can they be good enough the rest of the, the, rest of the season? Uh, the reason I bring this up, Andy, Andy and I talked last week, and we were looking at the schedule, and we looked at, you know, well, big games get port- against Portland, Sacramento, the Lakers, um, and then you go on that road trip out of the seven games. All right, maybe like a good team would win at least four of those games, uh, even with injuries, even with maybe without Derek Favors being back yet. 
and now the best they can do is four wins. Yeah. So not ideal to lose to Portland, not ideal to lose to Sacramento, uh, especially such a tough loss to Sacramento. That, w- that was a rough one. The Portland game, you know, that was it was pretty brutal, but at least it was over early. You fight back against Sacramento and, and, and to lose at, at the buzzer, essentially. That, that's a tough one. They do get the bounce back against the, the Lakers, and then that game against Charlotte was unreal. I mean, yeah. they had so many chances to come back and close that game. Charlotte had so many chances to put them away. And just never did it. Kemba Walker drops fifty-two. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what you do about that. I mean, you can look at it and say, "All right, their injuries were bad, um, and that affects the team because it certainly does." At the same time, uh, I don't know. Their defense was really bad in that game. Yeah, that's the thing that's been so strange. To me. And maybe this is coaching. Some nights they're world beaters, and nobody's going to get past right. them. And their defense is so locked in, even with the guys at the end of the bench who wouldn't normally be playing. And then other nights they're completely absent. And it doesn't seem like there's even a middle ground. Either they're locked in or they're completely distracted and, and everything can go right past them. I, uh, I, I keep thinking, though, that this team is going to show us something down the stretch again. We saw it last year where they made a run. I think a similar thing where no matter who they have, even despite injuries and things, I think we're going to see another fun run down the end of the season. So I think they're definitely making the playoffs. What they do against, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's something we'll get into later in the show about uh, whether or not they could actually make some noise in the playoffs or even just survive a deluge of three-pointers oh and, and incredible defense. But uh, as of right now, I think you feel pretty good about them because you do think, you know, Derek Favors could be, well, I guess he's doubtful for next game, but he could be back any game now, essentially. The back injury is a little concerning that uh, it's lasted this long. He's missed, what, 13, 14 games in a row, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that's concerning, but Gordon Hayward's been pretty good for the most part after a slow start. Uh, Rudy Gobert's back, and he looks incredible. Right. Um, you're getting guys like Lyles. You're getting guys like Chris Johnson. Uh, Rodney Hood stepped up at times, even though he had a tough shooting night against Charlotte. Uh, Trey Burks looked pretty good um, offensively for the most part. I mean, you are getting guys stepping up, and this should all build towards something better. But I don't know. I What if there is a – I mean, what if – I dealt with this with the season, was it 2012-2013 Timberwolves, who I covered. Mm -hmm. And there were all these injuries, and eventually you just said, well, if they keep getting healthy, they can make a run at this thing. And they never got healthy. Do you think that would – how detrimental do you think that could be to the the whole process of their building and their development if they never get healthy this season or consistently healthy outside of Exum and end up, you know – not making the playoffs because of it. Do you think that's a disaster or is that just unfortunate? No, I think it's unfortunate because they aren't contending necessarily for the title yeah. right now. And I think the real strength they have right now is their depth. They have so many guys, so many people who can make contributions that uh, even if things went a little off the rails, the upside is you get a nice draft pick and you kind of reload and I think it it helps them avoid kind of what the Lakers are going through right now. Yeah. Where a team totally dismantles. It's really it's embarrassing what the Lakers are going through. The Lakers should never be that bad. It's um I'd seen them up close. It was it's bad. Like I actually felt bad for them. No, I mean, bad. I felt bad for them a couple times because I think Byron Scott's a, an awful coach. I mean, maybe the worst coach in the league. Well, it, I think it's clear, right? I yeah. think we're seeing and his statements after the games are bizarre. Yeah. Utah his statements, native, by about, the way, born in Utah. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Okay. Utah well, how about that? <laughs> um, and and the way he handles the young guys, I mean, yeah. I do think there's a balance. Like, I don't think young guys should just get to play. Right. I think I don't think there's anything wrong with if D'Angelo Russell can't show that he deserves more minutes than Nick Young. Um, you know, I think that that tells you a little bit of something about where he is in his development. At the same time, 
you can look at when D'Angelo Russell's out there and he actually gets to play, he's a pretty good player. Yeah. Or he's at least a, he's good for a rookie. And so you want to see more consistency. And at the same time, I don't even blame Kobe for this. Like, no. Kobe's the voice of that franchise. It's not Mitch Kupchak. It's not the, it's not the buses. It's yeah. not Byron Scott. And so Kobe gets to do whatever he wants, and there is no leader. At least with the Jazz, you don't see that lack of leadership. There's a clear exactly. top to bottom. And I think, I think the fans appreciate that. that you would have to, they, yeah. They, when they show up, they're still going to get a good – show yeah the, the guys who are on the floor are exciting i think the coaching staff has has shown that that they're going to put something fun out on even in that laker game when the jazz were almost doubled up in the third quarter i think it was like 80 to 40 almost at yeah. one point that um you know the jazz were calling timeouts i mean they were coaching the coaching staff was up on their feet they weren't you know sitting back and just coasting on a 40 point lead those are the kinds of things that a couple years ago when we when we were talking about the jazz felt missing and the fans were starting to notice. And so I think even in an injury filled year, like we're seeing this year, the fans are still enjoying what they're, what they're seeing because they know everybody's going to come out and play. They might not have the stars out every night because they're hurt, but even the guys who are coming in are buying into this culture. We're going to play hard. We're going to put on a good show. Sometimes it's not there, but almost they've, they've done an impressive job of put up a fight pretty, pretty consistently. Um, I can tell you, as this is how my whole career has happened, is that if you just keep showing up, eventually people just say, all right, you're, you're in. And I kind of feel like that's where the Jazz are with the playoffs. That's a like, secret, though. Some people don't get that. Right, but I, like, I, had, I actually had um, – I well, he was a horrible economics teacher in high school. Uh, but he was AP economics, which sounds smarter than I actually am. Uh, but his whole deal was if you show up every day, if you take all of the quizzes, take all the tests, do all of the work, and take the AP final – um, you know, you'll get no lower than a B minus, no matter how you do on this. And he's like, the key to education is just showing up all the time, and eventually you'll have a you'll have a great education. Which I don't actually think is true. <laughs> I think that's a horrible advice. But in terms of like the working world, you can just keep showing up, and if you keep showing up for free, eventually they realize, oh, well, we've got to pay this person. And I feel like that translates to the NBA of if you just sustain and you just keep showing up, you keep putting your foot in the door with the playoff picture. Eventually, everyone else will be like, "All right, get in there." <laughs> I think that's true, and I think I think you've seen like a Ronnie Price. That's a guy who yeah. has just showed up. I mean, there was a time he's a tiny guy. When you stand up next to him, he's not a big yeah. guy, and he somehow put together what is he in his thirteenth year or something in the he's league? Been a, he's been around a while. Yeah, it's crazy. And so that's just a guy who every year comes in, works hard, does something that they need on yeah. his team, and he, he's. And you can you know, do that put on a, together a nice NBA career. You can do that on a team wide basis. Yeah. You just you just have to stick around and and I don't know like looking at the rest of this road trip. I, we'll get into the games of this week later on in the show, but it feels like they're they should be able to rattle off three straight wins on the road. It is tougher than it. I mean, the Knicks are no longer a joke. Um, the Nets are surprisingly scrappy, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they have. Almost no hope, right? And very little joy in their lives at this point. <laughs> uh, and then the Wizards—who knows? Who know, knows who the which Wizards will show up Saturday night when they play? I mean, it, that could be actual. Anything. It could be actual. It could wizards. be actual Wizards, like Lord of the Rings. St- Were those Wizards in Lord of the Rings? Or orcs? I don't know. I'm, I, you're asking the wrong. Okay, one. yeah, I, I I know I've seen it. I just don't really know the terminology. <laughs> uh, I'm not great with the fantasy stuff, but uh, but some kind of wizardry will happen, good or bad, and. Uh, and I think the Jazz, you know, winning three straight should not be out of the question. Winning, you know, two of the last yeah. four or three of the last four should not have been out of the question. Either. What, what do you think is the reason the Jazz sometimes seem to play better 
on the road this year than at home. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I do think that there's a – I think this is a very real thing in sports where you do get that kind of us-against-the-world mentality. Um, you've seen that with the Timberwolves, at least at the start of the season, where you know they had other emotional stuff going on, but um, they were so much better on the road than they were at home. And I think sometimes you can just get a bunch of young guys together and say, look, this crowd is going to hate you tonight, so make them angry. I really think they're like a lot of pro players get joy out of making the opposing crowd angry. And they only have one thing to think about that night. They when they're right. home. Yeah. When they're home they have all these other distractions. They have people, you right. know, trying to get their attention and things like that. You're out on the road, this is all we have to do. We've got nobody thinks we're gonna win, you know, yeah. you can go out and put something together. Especially as a young team. I mean, now that won't be the case when they're in Brooklyn, because there are no fans in Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, that place is a I've described it as a mausoleum. Like it's just it's really it's very expensive mausoleum. Very, it's a it's a beautiful arena. It really is incredible. You've been? Um, yeah, I've been a couple of times. I was at uh All Star Weekend last year and you got to see the dunk contest there and Zach Levine put it on a show and uh, when they're when it's filled with corporate sponsors and all types of fans paying exorbitant amounts to watch somebody dunk for four minutes, uh, it's pretty special. When it's a Nets game, <laughs> it's really bad. I mean, it's uncomfortably silent. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? The Jazz are really lucky that they've been able to build this arena and have it be almost packed for yeah. 20-something years, whatever it's been. 91? So... 25 years, something yeah. like that. It's crazy. That's pretty good. I mean, I think that I've actually been impressed with the crowds because I think it's tough to get behind a young team, especially when you've had the success that you know Stockton Malone right. had. Um, but even if it's not a full arena, it's pretty loud in there. Yeah, right? It can get pretty loud in those close games. How does it compare to some of the other arenas you've been in? Um, well, I was in the Maloof, like end of the Maloof era Arco Arena, wow. um, which was a little rough. Kyle one Wells. one that arena is oh the end of it so yeah the, the end of end. it so the wrong okay. like Tyreek Evans rookie okay, year and okay. stuff so like the first month of that was really fun and then everyone realized how bad this team <laughs> was and then it was really bad after that um, so that but when that building is full and it's an exciting game that place is great because everyone's on top and I kind of get right. that feeling with the with this arena here yeah. is everyone's on top uh, Target Center in Minneapolis is horrendous bad arena bad crowd. Just not good. And bad teams a lot. Of and times. bad teams most, almost every year uh, that doesn't involve Kevin Garnett. And even now that Kevin Garnett's back, bad teams again. Uh, Miami was actually surprisingly great. Just You say surprisingly because the reputation. The reputation, just, yeah. Like, these are fans, a bandwagon. They the don't upper want. level is, um, is, much, is much rowdier, I would say. Right. Uh, because you don't, get, you don't price out the real fans at the upper level. So it's usually full and it's usually crazy. But yeah. you do see a lot of empty seats on TV because there's, mm. there's like four clubs in that arena. Mm. So people are usually at the club before the arena before the game like starts. Actual clubs. They're actual clubs. And then they like filter out sometime in the first quarter. So tip <laughs> off, you're looking around like this is this is dead. But it does it does actually get pretty loud and fill up. But I've I've been very impressed with the uh, I guess Vivint Smart Home Arena. Now. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's the way to go. How do you feel about where they stand in the West right now? Just you know, the injuries have not been great. Uh, we're looking at some. I'm looking at something from Aaron Falk of the uh, Star Tribune. Like, Salt, Salt, Salt Lake Tribune. Salt Lake Tribune. <laughs> Star Tribune's in Minneapolis. Right. So, But maybe Aaron's freelancing there. I he don't could, know. He could probably write for both. But it's games missed due to injury and illness, and it's going by the standings. So the the Warriors have technically missed yeah, 91 but, games. But, but one of those guys, Looney, come on. Kevon Looney, who's yeah. a rookie who they knew were having hip surgery. for him. That doesn't really right, yeah, that, uh Spurs have only missed 21 games. Um, so far, which is impressive. Thunder 9, Clippers 29, Grizzlies are 119, but a lot of those guys are like 
more end of the bench guys who are injured, like Jordan Adams. Uh, Brandon Wright would be a contributor for them, but like Jarrell Martin is barely an NBA player. Um, the Rockets have missed 93, but a lot of that's Sam Decker, who's a rookie, who I don't think would be contributing anyway. Jazz are at 89 games, so you're looking at 40 from Exum, 20 from Gobert, 13 from Favors, uh, 12 from Burks. And those are the main guys. That's a, And that's part of their big-time core. So, yeah. I mean, I guess there is the chance that they'll never get healthy this season and, and things won't come to fruition, but... I don't know. Like you well, look I, at Sacramento, I, they're not. A, I mean, they're good. Well, all right. I don't even know what they are. Right. They're fine, but they're not consistent. Well, don't you think a Cousins team will always kind of be? I don't know. I I don't know how you feel about Cousins. I like. I mean, I I think he's a monster. I think he's. I do too. But I think it's hard to good and imagine. Bad ways. Yeah. yeah. I I see him kind of a Derek Coleman type guy that never. Nothing Ooh, can I ever like that can, comparison. Yeah, because he's he's yeah. volatile, an incredible player. But you just don't know always what you're going to get from him, and then it's hard to put pieces around because you know with a creative genius, yeah, you never know how to. Here's a here's a little bit of trivia that nobody will care about. Derek Coleman was the first player I got a triple double with in a video game, NBA <laughs> Live '95. No, I'm sure a lot of people. <laughs> that's, people are going to take note. People of that. are really going to be surprised about that. I'm really happy with that with that news. No, but what you were saying originally though with the with the eight seed. The Jazz are still in the eight spot. Yeah, and I do think they're going to make the playoffs. So the question is, uh, I mean, how is it going to go with the Warriors? And there was that one game where the Jazz almost broke the Warriors' streak. Yeah. And I think we've seen occasionally, I mean, obviously that the, they were missing shots. The Jazz were having some nice things. But I just don't want to get rolled by the Warriors. Because sure. for as much as it's nice to see the Lakers be down, it's, it took about a millisecond for the Warriors fans to become the worst <laughs> and so any playoff thing yeah. with the Warriors, I just don't want to get swept. Bay Area That's all fans are aggressive. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Northern California. Bay Area fans are aggressive, especially the Raiders fans who are also Warriors fans. That's really where you're seeing <laughs> that a Venn lot diagram. Of, yeah, that Venn diagram is not ideal uh, for just a nice society. If you had to, if you had to give, if you're playing Santa last month, mm. and you're going to give the Jazz a playoff opponent, do, yeah. you, do you give them the Spurs or do you give them the Warriors? Who would you rather? Who would you rather play? I, I think the Warriors, yeah. just because we've seen some pretty bad games against the Spurs so far. Yeah. Um, and well, they, I now they, I don't I don't put a ton of stock into the regular season, but. In terms of matchups, because I just think random nights, like I, I don't think that that necessarily translates. Like we've seen the Pacers, you know, play better than the the Miami Heat during the regular season, and they go to the playoff series, and and the Heat beat them. Right. We've seen, you know, we've seen this with uh, with Boston when KG and uh, Pierce and and Ray Allen were around. You you saw that kind of stuff where they would maybe lose a season series, but then blitz a team in the right. in the playoffs. So I'm not I'm not crazy about that. I think the Spurs have some real matchup problems for what. Utah wants to. Do. Oh yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think. I mean, you're not going to beat either one. Yeah, you're done no matter what. <laughs> but I do think that they have a fighting chance against. There's something about the Spurs that yeah. I just feel like the Jazz might as well just, you know, host a party four nights or something. <laughs> right. You know, go do charity events or something. Now maybe this isn't maybe this isn't fair. Um, but I do. This popped in my head. I I do wonder if we're if there's some concern about the Jazz becoming last year's Pelicans in the mm. sense that. The Pelicans, paper, paper Pel- champs or well, paper favorites? Pelicans got in by default. Right. Pelicans made the playoffs because Kevin Durant missed 55 games. Right. If Kevin Durant is healthy last year, they don't make the playoffs. Right. They're the ninth seed, which fantastic, but they're not making the playoffs. Right. Um, and then they get 
swept in the in the first round. They, did, they, they didn't belong. Right. They put up a decent fight. I think maybe game three it was against the Warriors. And they they were scrappy at times, but it wasn't great. Um, and then you come into this year, uh, you know, they suffer some injuries to start this year, and now they don't look like anything close to a playoff team and look like they really have to kind of reshape things. I don't think that would necessarily be the same as the Jazz situation. Uh, they're also a much better run organization. I think the the New Orleans Saints training staff or medical team also deals <laughs> with the Pelicans, which... That's true? I kind of... I don't know. I may be passing on a lie here, but I kind of think that, wow. that there's some crossover there, which I guess training, training they, they and medicine is medicine. Right? Yeah, they have the same owner. Tom, Tom Benson, I think is yeah. his name. Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't feel like that's the same type of yeah. physical stuff. They just so like that's, start rubbing dirt on it. Yeah, they're know. just like, oh, you know, don't hey, forget yeah. your face mask. And yeah. Anthony Davis is just looking confused. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's a thing. But and I, so I do think that the Jazz have one a better coach, and two, they have a better uh, management. But maybe there is some concern there that. I do uh, like the I, idea the, of them just going into like an old YMCA. I could see Tyreek Evans like you know? wearing shoulder pads in <laughs> on the court. I think that's doable. And Kendrick Perkins for sure because you know he's not playing basketball out there. He may be playing football. <laughs> I, I, this is a sidetrack, but Coach Nasalki used to coach the Jazz. You know when they were in New Orleans, sure. he used to sit uh, with us on press row and tell okay. us stories about those days. And hearing him tell stories about them having pro basketball in New Orleans in the 70s is just some of the most phenomenal. I mean, their court at one point, like, actual had netting around it, like an actual <laughs> stage. They had one where it was like a, a theater and the stage dropped off on all edges. It, that seems dangerous. Yeah, anyway. That seems really dangerous. I like the idea, though, of that happening today, right now. With yeah. Anthony we should ha- We should have more dangerous courts <laughs> in the NBA. We saw with Paul George that that's, yeah. you know, there's a risk involved. But right, can, like, like a video game where each board has a different challenge right you know? exactly. this one there's a hole in the middle well there used to be those know? dead spots in the boston right. garden right yeah. so like just start maybe i don't know yeah, wear just, out the wear out the hardwood a little or baseball bit. where the the outfield has a different shape no matter where you go we could put there's a, a train in the outfield right we know? could put a pole just yeah. in the middle of yeah they, uh, just you could run court. a guy into yeah exactly that's i think nice. instead of you know you kind of run a, <laughs> a horns play with one screener and then like a pole i think that's doable yeah, i think i don't know why not yeah um I don't. I mean, I don't really think the Jazz could fall into that Pelican situation unless, uh, unless we get to a point where, all right, they make it, they get blitzed in the first round, and then next season there's still some injury problems and the West rebounds. Yeah, I think that's the concern. But you know, you get Dante Exum back, who's you know a yeah, fantastic defender. Hang. Yeah. Well, I think the the difference is they're worse than we thought they were going to be. Not that they're worse, but they've had things happen right in they're in a worse situation yeah, maybe. if they if they were at full strength they would be battling they they would be thinking wow this is feels really good to be in third spot in the west or right whatever. yeah so i don't think it's a big concern that yeah next year the west will be a backup but the jazz will also be back up so yeah. i don't think it's a i don't think it's a huge concern i do think though a couple years ago the jazz made the playoffs and the spurs taught them a lesson sure you know and i think that's that's all i don't want to see I, I think there's there's value in getting to the playoffs but there's also something about getting so blitzed that you feel like you don't belong. Yeah. And I just don't want that. Yeah, I, and I think with them, I don't know, like it can be dangerous with young, such a young team, right, and such an inexperienced team when it comes to that playoff experience because you don't want them to lose confidence. Now, part of me also plays devil advocate and says like, you know, well, if they're rattled by that, maybe they don't belong on the team. Yeah, yeah. And you know? I don't see that from this Jazz team. No, they seem pretty resilient. I mean, yeah. to the guys who have stepped up have seemed pretty resilient. I think you have to feel good about it. I just think that they're 
you know, you definitely want to capitalize on a season where you felt you could make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think you want to fall into that trap. No, absolutely. Who, who's the one guy on the Jazz team that, now that you've been watching up close, going to the games, you're in the locker room, who's the one guy that you thought, wow, I didn't think this guy was much of anything, and now that I see him up close, I see, I see, I see why he gets time, or I see why he's a fan favorite? Or I'm going to throw myself under the bus here, because when he was drafted and after his rookie year, I didn't think Rudy Gobert was good. Wow. And I didn't think he was going to be good. Wow. Now, last season, I didn't need to be up close for this, but last season, especially second half of the yeah. season, you saw he could play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was dead wrong about that. But then even seeing him in person, you really, like, he's impossibly tall. He's, he's, we see a lot of tall guys. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you see an NBA player where you go, wow, that's a really tall human. Yeah, I always look at, like, Marcus Saul, where I, like, when you see Marcus Saul in person, you're like, oh my God. Like he is so he's such a huge person. He makes these other huge people look small. Yeah. Mozgov, right? Mozgov, um, Demarcus Cousins, yeah. Uh, Nikola Pekovic, who's just a, even Thurl Bailey. Thurl Bailey's that. really tall. He's a surprisingly they big don't get dude. shorter when they yeah. were much shorter when they retire. That's not that's like not a thing. Yeah, but he's one, and and you see him and you think he's a big guy. The thing that caught my attention, I remember when I went to the uh, the press uh, thing in the summer after he was drafted mm-hmm. and brought him in, and he was kind of you know, an, an afterthought to the rest of, of the draft class. They brought him in, and I thought, this kid actually loves the game. He's really bright. Yeah. He's smart. He's he's competitive. And uh, I was curious at that point, and I was super stoked, obviously, to see the way he's turned out as a player. Yeah, he's But incredible. to get a guy that size who's actually athletic, who loves being athletic, loves competing, and loves the game of basketball – I mean, that's a unicorn right there. It is. The Jazz are super lucky to have a guy like that. And I think like you can look at a guy like that and be like, oh, well, he's tall, so of course he's going to block shots. It's not necessarily that simple. I mean, Priest Lauderdale, to pull, pull a name way out of the hat, <laughs> was like 7'3", seven, 7'4", seven, and he was garbage yeah. in the NBA. Uh, being tall doesn't help you block shots. Like You need that timing. You need the instincts. You need the, the wingspan. Like You need to you need to want to do it, and, and he, you know, he wants to do it, and, and that's a... That's a huge mistake by me in pre-draft analysis. We're going to go to a break right now. You're listening to Spencer Hall. I'm Zach Harper. This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Analytics and opinions on the jazz and the rest of the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Welcome back to Salt City Hoops. I'm Zach Harper. Andy Larson is out of town. He is on a road trip with the Utah Jazz. So I'm filling in as in the captain's chair. I don't really feel like a captain. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that I like captains chairs. I don't think we really have captains anymore. But uh, my first mate, I don't know. Spencer Hall is joining me on the show. I think you. I think you've got captain status. I feel like I need a hat for to be a captain. That's probably true. Yeah, I feel like I need to. I need to have more official garb. Like I've got like a Adidas yeah, like sweatsuit suit on. on basically. So which just doesn't feel like a captain. Well, I, it feels good. And I, I said this earlier at the, at the start of the show. Having you here in town, when you told me you were coming out here to to live in Salt Lake City, for those of us in in the basketball blogosphere, this is really like having <laughs> having you know one of the big. It's like having Michael Beasley come to your team. It's having yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. You know, I think it's having Hemingway. Wow, you're, you're a young you're a young expat writer. Hemingway yeah. comes to hang out at your cafe in I feel Paris. Like, I do feel like the Hemingway of like Nick Cage references, like that's I, true. in Fast and Furious. No, that's, no one gets in pithy, 
and volume. Sure. And I can see a lot of volume. Ways that- I agree with. There's a lot of volume. <laughs> There's too many tweets sometimes, and there's probably too much talking and too much writing. No, but I, how do you? Because your your style of of tweeting is different than some. Sure. Because you your your handle is talk hoops. Yeah. But you don't always talk hoops. Rarely do I talk hoops. And you have what do you have like sixty thousand followers? Something. Some, crazy? Yeah. So yeah, almost seventy. And they follow you for nonsense. They don't follow you necessarily for your basketball knowledge. I think it's. In, I think you've created an incredible brand. There, talk hoops, and you don't talk hoops. There are times where people are surprised. I, I write about basketball for a <laughs> living. Like, hey, get back to yeah. get back to watching this daytime movie. Yeah, they're like, well, this isn't going to stop a Vin Diesel marathon, is it? I mean, that <laughs> that really worries some people. Um, speaking of captains, well, they don't really have a captain of the Team USA, I don't think. But Gordon Hayward named to the thirty finalists for Team USA basketball. Uh, we've got. We've got five players from the Warriors. Uh, Harrison Barnes, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Clay Thompson. Uh, we've got three players from the Cavaliers. Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Kevin Love. Clippers have three guys with Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul. Uh, Rockets have two with James Harden and Dwight Howard. Thunder have two with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. The Kings have two with Rudy Gay and DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, we've got the Spurs with LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard. The Wizards have Bradley Beal and John Wall in the camp. Uh, then Chicago Bulls, Jimmy Butler, Kenneth Freed of the Denver Nuggets, Detroit Pistons, Andre Drummond, Indiana Pacers, Paul George, Memphis Grizzlies, Mike Conley, Anthony Davis of the Pelicans, Carmelo Anthony of the Knicks, DeMar DeRozan of the Raptors, and Gordon Hayward. It's going to be a good team no matter what. And I haven't always thought that with the national team. There's yeah. been a, a group that, well, if we don't get Shaq or if we don't get LeBron or whatever, right. we're going to have trouble. But I don't think that this team, I mean, we're kind of at a golden age. In a in a way that maybe people aren't really paying attention to, but there are a lot of really good guys in the league. Yeah, and I, I and don't they know. All I was, want to. Yeah, and I exactly. They're hungry. The, this last group over the last twenty years has created a, a cachet around being on the national team. Sure. And I think no matter how they get that final cut, it's going to be a nice team. It's going to be great. I I do think that we're in this. We're back in. Well, Team USA was almost always dominating anyway. There was a little bit of a lull. They got more serious. Jerry Colangelo got involved. He he corrected USA basketball essentially. Um, but you had you had Greece, you had Spain, you had Lithuania, um, you had teams really challenging Team USA. I don't think we're there anymore. I think Team USA is so far ahead of everyone yeah. else now um, that you really can throw any combination of these twelve guys out there because they do take it so seriously. And and now you're going to get a situation in the Olympics where I don't think they're going to be challenged. You know, like Spain will put up a fight because Spain's good, but I don't think Spain can win. And I think part of the problem is no other country has the depth of playmakers. Yeah. France, France has. I think, has has some. Yeah, like spicy to- thing. if Tony yeah. Parker's healthy, then you know they've got some nice players. They've got like every country it seems like has at least a couple of really good players. Right. Spain, Spain's pretty loaded, but um, but for the most part, like you don't have that point guard depth. So you look mm-hmm. at like just the guards that. Team USA can throw out there and pressure yeah. the ball with, and they have guys like Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala, who are these incredible all-around players, and their job is just going to be go play defense. Yeah, shut like, that that's guy un- down. That's Box unfair. One. Right. We're going to put a Iguodala and just put a glove on. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think like I, I don't think Team USA is going to be challenged. You're Some right. people have said Australia, you know, should be pretty good in a couple of years. Like, yeah, Dante's good or uh, will be good. Uh, ben Simmons looks to be incredible. They still have Bogut, who's very a very good role player, you know, Joe Ingles, like they have a lot of talent, but they don't have the playmakers. Um, Canada is going like their best guards are going to be Jamal Murray from Kentucky. 
uh, who looks to be an incredible star in the making, and Corey Joseph. Those are really nice players, but that's two playmakers. Like, Andrew Wiggins not really a playmaker. So you can kind of just blitz those teams night in and night out in these tournaments and, and just dominate. And I really think that's where Team USA goes. Yeah, I think it, it, you look back, though, on when Team USA was down, yeah. like when they lost in Athens and some of those. <laughs> But in retrospect, that was an incredible Argentina team. Yeah, I mean, Argentina was. I mean, that gold, that the golden gold, generation. Yeah, the golden yeah. generation was unreal. And so, I, I just think, sadly, that hasn't continued in Argentina for sure. And in some of these other countries, I don't know if there's something going on with basketball, but it feels like there's not that same hunger with some of the right. other countries. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, we we did have one of the greatest international matches I've seen in a long time. That Spain. Uh, France game that was great. Uh, was it last summer? Uh, Twenty fourteen. Yeah, oh, that was incredible. Yeah. So if we could get that vibe back, and I would love to see Gordon Hayward make that. He's always kind of been on the periphery. Yeah. And he's kind of getting his chances, but it would be fun to see him get that final cut and get to play with the full national team. That would be a huge honor for do him. You, do you think he can make it outside of the injuries? I mean, only taking twelve of those guys. Yeah, that's a really a that's a loaded <laughs> roster. A um, group. You know, nice enough that Kobe pulled his name out of the hat, so there's not going to be like that one spot that's taken out of which I actually I wouldn't have a problem with just right. because I think it's okay to be sentimental. And from with a culture stuff. standpoint, yeah. you know, you let a guy come and you show that he's hey, constantly you'll be taken telling him like, of. "Hey, this is how we do things. Right. This is what we do." I I mean, I haven't gone through the whole thing and, and seen who he would have to beat out, but I think, not to put it too delicately, but I think he has a certain. Uh, appeal that I think that there will be a, one slot for a Gordon Hayward yeah. type. I don't know. I, I wonder, like, I mean, they're going to want shooters right. uh, to take advantage, and he can certainly shoot. Um, you know, almost like the the idea I had is, like, could he be their Michael Red? Because Michael Red, I think, was 2008 wow. team. Um, you know, kind of end of the bench where it was like, hey, we need a shooter, but does Clay Thompson now take that spot. Yeah, like, yeah, did, yeah. Does Clay Thompson make Gordon Hayward irrelevant wow. in this conversation? I mean, I, it's a it's a loaded conversation. Well, yeah, and I don't think that would be the role. I, I I hadn't thought of that, but that's interesting. I've never thought of him as a microwave type that just comes in, right. and Lights it up. But yeah, you'd think you'd bring in some guy that could just bomb threes or could right. you know just take over. But he seems like the reason he would come on is people know, look, we're going to have an amorphous kind of thing. Positions are going to be fluid, yeah. but I want a guy who I can trust to Two get on board four, with yeah. what we're doing. I can move him around. I can play him in different spots. Yeah. That's his, that's his bread and butter. And I think that's why he's always on the radar of these national, and he's been with the national team program yeah. since he was what? U 17, something, something like, that, like yeah. that. So I, I think that plays in his favor that a lot of these coaches know him. He's a know what they're getting with him. They know he's also not going to, you know, pout too much if he's not in the right place. Right. I think as a glue guy, I think that really helps him in a situation like this. Uh, how much do you think it helps his game moving forward? I think there can be some concern that you get a little more tired in the offseason because of the commitment that it takes. But there are a lot of guys who have seen, hey, I get to see the best players in the world on my team day in and day out, how they train. And that, you know, that can influence guys to take things more seriously not that Gordon Hayward doesn't take his career seriously he's in fantastic shape he's really improved as a player but you can take even more things even just from that camp if he doesn't make the team do you think that gives him a big boost heading into next next year oh yeah I've never bought into the idea that the guys get worn out from playing in the summer I think some of them have had some injury problems but for the most part I think you've seen the this group over the last couple years the ones who've been on team USA sure uh, there's a camaraderie there they play against the best they're going to play somewhere. They don't just take the whole summer off and eat hamburgers at right. home. 
you know. So maybe why Boris not? Dio. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but he's such, croissants. Yeah, but know? he's such a talented player that he can kind of get away with that. By the way, sidebar on on Dio. Is there a player who, in the right situation uh, versus the wrong situation, can be so night and day? When it's he's amazing. in the right yeah. place, he's an actual virtuoso. I mean, he's incredible. And then when he's in the wrong place, he does look like a guy who just ate, you know, beignets all day right. or something. One of my favorite uh, Diaz stories that I can tell on air is <laughs> is one from Amina Hassan, who's written this on ESPN.com. But basically, they were doing some training with uh, pre-draft stuff, and they had the vertical test. And he walks in there with, like, a cappuccino in hand. He's in flip-flops. <laughs> he looks at it, jumps up, and does, like, a, like a, I don't know, 37, 40-inch vertical. And he's just like, that doesn't look so hard. And just walks away. Like, that's how crazy talented wow. and athletic this guy can be at all times. Well, weren't both of his parents? I think both of his parents were Olympians. I think they? so, yeah. Something like that. So he's got, he's he's got, got the, the freaky genetics. Right. He's got the freaky <laughs> genetics, and he's got the, the great French food to just <laughs> feast on in the offseason. So Pop can make fun of his weight, and they, they put clauses in there to, in order for him to keep under a certain weight. So maybe, maybe that's key for Gordon Hayward. Let yourself go a little bit. Right. And then you play yourself into shape with this kind of competition. I think that you know, that's what they used to do in the 60s and 70s. They just let themselves go in the offseason. Smoke three cigarettes at right, a time. Right, yeah, just develop know, horrible habits, locker. horrible addictions, and then you work it off. Uh, why not? Well, what do you think? Do you think uh, Gordon makes this team? I don't think he does just because I think I think the wing's going to be too loaded um, for what they – I mean, I, I, you know, you look at a guy like him or, or a guy like Carmelo Anthony, I think Anthony gets it, one, because he's better and he's a better scorer, but you look at what Anthony does in Olympic play, you just can't turn that down. I mean, he's scoring You, you think like, he'd do it again even at this point? I think so. I think he'd do it one more time with LeBron, and I, oh, he seems yeah. to really enjoy it. And, but maybe that sets Gordon up for 2020 to be a part yeah. of the team. Yeah, and you're right. That would be – that that could be a chance for it to be, you know, he could be a key player in that. But Carmelo too, he that's an interesting one because he's always been a FIBA first kind of guy. Yeah, like he really every time he's played an international competition, he ends up being so far and above. He's one un, of he's the best unreal. player. Yeah, yeah. I his mean, game you see is the talent for the FIBA game. Yeah. So the shorter three point line, the not having to really play defense because yeah. everyone else will do it. You get to just be an athlete. Um, he, I mean, he is perfect for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to see another FIBA Carmelo. That's okay. that'll be great. Maybe Carmelo at the end of his career goes to like the Chinese basketball league. Like, <laughs> well, Michael Beasley wasn't really at the end of his career; it's just he didn't have a career anymore, right, so right. he went there. But Beasley had like sixty-three points in an All Star game after yeah, having really? fifty-nine points in the All Star game in that league last year. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to do, no matter yeah, no matter what league you're playing in. Yeah, so I think if you put Carmelo me out there do? on the floor, no defense, and set a timer, I don't know if I could pour in sixty-three points. I'd take enough shots to do it. I know that. I don't know if I could get the 63, but I know I would definitely take the shots to do it. Um, I th- like. I think that's. I think it's something to be be happy about for Gordon. Um, I don't know how realistic his chances are, just because you've got guys like Kawhi Leonard and Clay Thompson. Uh, they really like Rudy Gay. They really like Andre Iguodala, LeBron, obviously um, Durant. I mean, the the wing position is pretty full. But if you know, if he does end up making it, um, or just goes in the camp uh, like he's going to, that you can learn a lot about that upper, you know, elite mm-hmm. level of talent in the NBA and what it takes to be that. Right. See, see a level of preparation, a level of commitment, right. a skill set that's it's there. Well, I, I hope he gets that chance. We'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. We're going to take a break right now. We're going to come on the other side of this break and talk about just what it would take for the Jazz to survive the Warriors and the Spurs. We're going to yeah. really dive into that. Uh, and and figure out what it takes. So maybe they can be heroes. You never know. You're listening to Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. 
Welcome back to the Salt City Hoops show. I'm Zach Harper, filling in for Andy Larson with Spencer Hall, who's filling in for me. <laughs> it's, it feels, kind of it a feels weird... good to be you tonight. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's going to be a great feeling. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're talking on. We talked. We touched on it earlier about the war. The Warriors and the Spurs possibly meeting up with the Jazz. Um, sadly, not in a Western Conference Finals, but most likely in the first round. Yeah. So I want to get into this segment of saying like. How doomed would they be if they face? I mean, is there any chance you see them winning a game? Well, <laughs> no, but they have to make it interesting, and this is where I think they need to do some stunting and some gimmicks. Okay, and I and I I haven't exactly come up with the whole game plan, but I have a few ideas. Okay, but I think you do you do have to do you don't let Steph Curry go be Steph Curry, and I know everybody talks about that. And they, they talk about it on Inside the NBA all the time. Sure. Charles Barkley wants to say, you know, put him on his back. Right. Back in my Rough day. Up, yeah. Back in my day, we would have just punched him in the mouth. Right. You know, <laughs> right out the gate. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's not true and it's not realistic. But I think you do something like that. You do something bizarre where you just don't even let him get the ball. Just try it. Just try to see if you can keep a guy from even touching the ball <laughs> the whole see, time. I wonder, if, I wonder if you almost take a – is San Antonio Spurs versus Steve Nash approach where you're fine with Steph Curry scoring. You don't want him passing. Right. Um, in the sense that what they would try to do with Nash is turn him into a score mm-hmm. because it was a little more unnatural. And then if he's scoring, you're not, you know, he's not passing mm-hmm. around the perimeter for, for three point shots. Now mm-hmm. that may not work quite as well with Steph Curry because he's very comfortable scoring the ball right. and, uh, and he's taking all the threes. So maybe that doesn't work, but if you can take a, them out of that team game that they love to play, uh, you just have to do something to disrupt their rhythm, and so maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, and the other thing, I don't know why more teams don't do this, but they don't seem, and it, the same happened with Steve Nash a lot of times, that he didn't get attacked on the other end the way that you right. think they would. I mean, they, they the Suns were really good at burying Nash, Yeah, and the Warriors do the same thing. I mean, well, one thing about Curry is he's a better defender than... You know some of these right phenoms. He's who, become a pretty solid defender, especially in a team concept. Yeah, but I I always wonder like you could get a guy in foul trouble. I mean, why not go at him every single time? Make whoever, him work. Yeah. Make him work. You know, find a way to get him in a situation where he has to defend or get out of the way. And uh, anyway, I, I don't know why that never happens. Make a guy work on the other end. It just doesn't seem to happen. Well, I think we saw some of this. Um, granted, they weren't at full strength, but. Uh, but I think we saw some of this in that first meeting where they came here and, you know, you talked about they almost ended that streak of the Jazz did a great job of slowing the game down, um, not letting them get out in transition to where the Warriors were really having to, like, force off of makes and, and get out there and, and try to try to really ramp up the tempo as much as they could. And there is something, too, like, all right, you lose some firepower, but if you can just be a big team that dominates the boards and – or tries to dominate the boards, and you cut off the paint, and you know basically how the Jazz like to play defense. Maybe that takes them out of a rhythm enough. Whereas if they had to face the Spurs, I don't know what you do. No, they don't win that game. They don't win. The <laughs> they don't win any of the games. I don't think anything. Even if you come up with any plan, Pop right. will come up with something else. I think that is the the. If I was thinking, okay, where do I attack? I think on the coaching side, that is something that they're unproven. Right. I mean, I think you have to give Walton a lot of credit for what he's done, but at the same time, he's unproven. And so if you can find a way to exploit that some way, yeah. I think that's an advantage. What do you see is if you had to 
maybe not even with this jazz team, but you're consulting any team in the league and you're trying to find a way to find that, you know, spot in their armor. What is the thing on the Warriors that you see is maybe their Achilles heel? Well, I was uh, watching the Cavs get destroyed, just demolished by the Warriors uh, last night. And during that, I was thinking, all right, well, you can't play Kevin Love in the fourth. We saw him get shredded by the the Spurs in a pick and roll uh, a week ago or so when they played, and we saw um, we saw the Warriors just going after him last night. So I almost wonder if you have to like get gimmicky in a way, and if you're the Cavaliers or if you're any team, do you try to like your better players for that second unit mm. when the Warriors come in with the, with their reserve players, and and just find a way to stagger your rotation enough to to make them uncomfortable in that respect. Now that doesn't work so much in the playoffs because you know rotations mm. get shorter and minutes get longer for guys. Um, and you've, you're going to need some pretty good players out there to stop their their starting lineup. What but, about that? I don't think a team has ever done that. I don't know why. Well, like, never like if you're me. the Cavs, no, you, you, start the your worst, you start your second string. You start your defensive second string. <laughs> and then you come in with your first string against yeah. their second string, and you try to have a battle. And as soon as you see <laughs> Maurice Spates take off the warm-ups, you're like, Kevin, get in there. Get in there and see what happens. I like it. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody doing that. Well, maybe in the same way that, you know, gimmicky for the, if you're the Jazz, like that triple wing lineup. Yeah. You you doubt because you're not making Steph work with with Howell Neto and you're not making yeah. him work with Trey Burke for the most part because right. I don't think you want to run your offense through Trey Burke against the Warriors. Right. But if you do the triple wing, Steph either has to guard Rodney Hood or Alec Burks. Right. That's a tougher. That's you a know tougher that's a thing. bigger guy. It's a yeah. physical matchup. Burks likes to attack off the yeah. off the dribble. You spicy know. scores. Yeah. Rodney's real. Like maybe that's the way mm. to even the playing field as much as or you just can. wear him down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so what matchup advantage do you think they would have? Do, could they have any matchup advantage against the Spurs? Well, I, I, I don't even think. I don't know. I really think it's psychological with the Spurs. Yeah. I, don't, I think Popovich gets so much joy out of taking like a fat Boris Diaz sure. and beating you with that guy that I think they could trot out you know, the entire Austin Toros, or they're not even the Austin Toros anymore, right. but trot out you know, whoever you know, some Mexican team and, and he, pop would still find a way to like he, exploit you. Just go get, that's the most go frustrating get the Brazilian thing. national team and yeah. he'd, he'd out coach you exactly. in that way. Right. Anyway, that's, that's the thing that's frustrating with me. So it, it isn't even a matchup thing with the Spurs. My answer would be kidnap Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I think if you kidnap Kawhi Leonard, we've seen it in Celtic pride. We've seen it work in some movies. Uh, you can really, you, you shake them up because then they're the first half of the game. They're wondering where did Kawhi go? Right. So, you know, we've seen it happen in the movie. Right. Teams confused. They don't know where he Although, is. They did, the Celtics still lost in Celtic Pride, so maybe that's not the best way to go. That's a good example, though, yeah. because that was Utah Jazz. In exactly. Pride. Yeah, Utah Jazz won. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to a break. Uh, you're listening to Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Come back to us. Talking hoops and the association. This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Talking hoops. That's good branding for me. I know, he, that was perfect. That was, that was great. That, I this feel like that was hoops. recorded for me. You're listening to Salt City Hoops Show on ESPN 700. I'm Zach Harper. That's Spencer Hall. And we are talking hoops. We're at the midway point of the season, which, uh, so if you just take the first half of the season and duplicate it, the Jazz would end up with 36 wins, mm, which doesn't sound, doesn't sound ideal. But the rest of the Western Conference is a little shaky, right? as we talked about earlier. So I kind of wanted, since we're at the midway point in the season, Basically take the temperature of the West. Uh, I think we both agree that the Warriors and Spurs are the two best teams. I don't think that you have two historic teams, one going after the all-time record, the other one with a historical 
historic po- point differential and um I don't know I don't know that they're going to lose at home. I don't know the Spurs can lose at home. They're like 24 and 0 right now or 23 and 0 something like that and just as dominant as they want to be. Yeah, isn't it crazy that they are so far over 500 and yet they're still not leading the West. It's crazy and it's just it almost seems unfair to both teams. Yeah. That to have a season like this if you're the Warriors and be like, well, we've still got the Spurs right on our heels. Mm-hmm. And to have a, the dominance that the Spurs have had, and like we're not even in first place, it, it just seems, it seems crazy. That it, I mean, we're lucky oh, yeah. that we get to watch it in the same year, but that's one of those teams that's not going to win a title. Yeah. That doesn't seem right. Oh, that's true. And, you know, you always want a worthy opponent, and we're going to have a, just a killer Western Conference. Oh, it's going to be great. Finals. But, yeah, you, you'd like a chance for a team that is so dominant to be able to you know, right into the sunset. But you know what? That's why we play the games. If you don't have yeah. a worthy opponent, I mean, it, it was funny last year, there were some people who were kind of trying to say that the, the Warriors should have to have an asterisk next to their season, to, next to their championship that they, you know, and I thought that's because so of the, dumb. Because of the injuries other teams face. Yeah, that's like, so dumb. And now I think they validated last year's championship yeah. with the way they played this year. And then the Spurs... The fact that we are still talking about it's Tim Duncan unreal. at this time in his career, and the thing that I do like is the Spurs are no longer considered boring. Right. You know what? That, and nothing really changed. But for some reason, what they used to be called boring, now people love the Spurs. People like We that. have a better appreciation. I don't know. what is, Do you think we just have come around on it? We get it? Or what do you think changed? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. One thing I'm tired of hearing is... Uh, Hey, no one's talking about the Spurs. Actually, a lot of people talk about the Spurs every day. That's kind of just like <laughs> you can't have a team that good that nobody talks about. That's not a thing. Like maybe that was a thing 10 years ago, but that's not a thing. Like when someone asks me, why isn't anybody talking about the Spurs? I just say, why are you listening to the wrong people? Because right. everyone's talking about the Spurs in the NBA. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's and the the funny thing with or the fun thing with uh, at this point is like he's not just hanging on. Like he's still great. Yeah, he's still like one of the twenty best players in the league. Yeah, for sure. He's unbelievable. Yeah, and he, I mean, wh- he came into the league in what ninety six or ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. And you think about that. I mean, that is so much time. I mean, I, I was number barely two, out of high school. Yeah. I don't know. That's so long ago. The number two pick. I was, can't even like get up and like mix in a couple sit ups <laughs> or something before I go to work. And number, that's a guy that has to perform at an yeah. elite level with the best 450 basketball players in the world. Night in, every night, night for 20 years. That's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, number two pick Keith Van Horn, I think, has retired twice in <laughs> in Tim Duncan's career. That's how. <laughs> That's how long he's been playing. Yeah, that is crazy. How about that group, though, that came through in 96 and 97? I mean, we've still got a couple guys. Kobe, Kobe. Yeah, Steve Nash came through. I mean, a lot of incredible careers came out of that out of that stretch. But, no, the Spurs, though, like I say, I think they are going to give the Warriors everything they can handle. I think it's going to yeah. be interesting. Where do you think that series ends up? I'll probably end up – doing a cop-out and just take the team that has home court. So if the Warriors end up with home court, um, I'll probably take them. But it's not like I don't think the do Spurs think, can win a game seven in Oakland. Like, I think mm-hmm. they could absolutely do that. Do you think the home team wins? So whoever has the home court probably be the Warriors, and then the home team wins and it goes to seven? Um, no, I, th- I think we're going to like. I think we're gonna play get nine. Maybe, gonna nine I games. think we may petition <laughs> for a nine-game series. Um, if, and if that just keeps us from watching – the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. I think. Like, we could lop off two games <laughs> of the Eastern Conference Finals 
and add that to the to the West. Well, that's a good point too, because with the West being down, people are saying, "Well, finally, the East is better." And I, I just don't think that's true. There's one team. Yeah, and then there are some very good teams after that, but yeah. none of those teams are going to I, challenge. Yeah, the I don't Cavs. think the East is all of a sudden better than the West. The West is down, right? But I still don't think. Yeah, I, I still don't buy that because your four best teams in the West are way better than even you know two through four, two mm-hmm. through five, two through eight combined in the Eastern Conference. So who do you think? Who do you think it is in the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, the Cavs for sure. I don't know. Maybe. Whoever, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't is, matter. Like, yeah. I guess Miami could get there, and I wouldn't be surprised. Chicago would get there, I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't. There's no one really spicy in the. There's East. no spice in the East yeah. at all. Yeah, it's it's really down. Um, all right, the Warriors and Spurs are two best teams. Thunder and Clippers are the are the next two best. I think we agree on that. I think the Thunder can get to a special level. I do too. We've it, seen some special games yeah. from them in Salt Lake City, and they still have something. Westbrook to me is still. He's he's from another planet. They someday, have two aliens on exactly. That team. Someday we're going to find out that they aren't <laughs> actual humans. That they've been sent here to dominate the game dominate of the game of basketball, yeah. and then they have to go and report that at their planet. Right. I, I mean, this it, could be. They'll get mad at him. Like you wore what? It's you were. You almost gave yourself <laughs> he up. Wore, he wore pink pajamas yeah. the other night to to a game. <laughs> I saw that, which is unreal. I saw that, and and you know, back home on his home planet, they're saying, "Listen, man." got to blend in a little right, bit like you're standing out too much yeah. this is not a clark you Kent can't do that no situation like you're not <laughs> doing a good job here uh he's a guy well both of the kevin durant and russell westbrook those are both guys that you have to see in person yeah they, they just put that on your calendar yeah make it happen they they move like like hum, like humans aren't supposed to move is there anything have you ever seen anything like a full speed westbrook going end to end it's it's crazy um no, I mean I, I saw I saw a bear charge somebody once, <laughs> uh, but even then, like that bear was going pretty slow compared to Russell Westbrook. I know I saw he turned it on one time. He was pushing the ball up, and everybody was kind of getting back on transition. He was twice as fast as everybody yeah. else on the floor. That's the thing. You have the best athletes in the world, and he's just way yeah. faster than all. And poor Howell Neto was. Oh, uh, what can you do? No, he just looked like. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? I mean that's yeah. that's a that's some rookie hazing right there. Yeah. That's not that's not really all that fair. And then how crazy is it that it, on that Oklahoma team that Kevin Durant sometimes? I mean, of course, everyone, no one forgets about Kevin Durant, but Westbrook is so supernova. Yeah. That you then still in the wings you have Kevin Durant. Right. So you you don't you know you you try to handle this Westbrook and then all of a sudden you've got Kevin Durant who's going to drop sixty. On you. Well, and the the Jazz have played the Thunder really well a couple of times, but I, you look at that like even if they were able to rally, go on a huge run, and get up to the sixth seed, that's still not great. Yeah, like no. you got to face that Thunder team in the playoffs. No. I mean, they really <laughs> you would have liked for the Jazz to be healthy all season, yeah. challenge for the five, and then try to take on the Clippers who are prone to. Collapse yeah, in right. the playoffs in spectacular They'll be great fashion. for three quarters. They'll be fantastic for yeah. three quarters, and then some, they just get tired. I get basketball. that, though. I get really tired on the court. <laughs> I don't want to play a fourth quarter. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of work. I know. And they, I know. And they try to play defense. I mean, I at work, those defense. last two hours of work, you, know, oh. you start checking out. Yeah. You get distracted. Once it, really, like, once it gets past like 10.45 in the morning, I'm useless the well, rest of the day. You, you will appreciate this as a man who likes uh, bad movies, yes. daytime movies, and sure. things like that. People... You know, say it's so predictable that the that the Clippers are going to lose in the fourth quarter. But for me, it's a genre. It's a romantic sure. comedy. 
And so you know, of course, it's formulaic. You know how it's yeah. going to end up. But they find so many new ways to lose in that fourth right. quarter. That's the genius of what they're doing. That like you know, they take an old trope and they twist it in a way yeah. that all of a sudden it's new again. You know, and I appreciate that. That's L.A. That's that's yeah. You know. No, they do a great job of repackaging the same thing over exactly. and over. Like you know, Jennifer Lopez is going to <laughs> fall in love with someone who's just not quite right for her, but they still have a connection. And then they're going to fumble through about an hour, and then at the at the end, you know, it ends the way you expect it to. But it's still a good time. It's comforting. Yeah, it's there's very something comforting. that feels good about the Clippers dropping. You know. 20 points with yeah. halfway to go in the fourth quarter, it's not safe. Well, we know we know that some way they, you know, the other team has to win, so we want to know how are the Clippers going to do it. What's amazing is they've been they've been missing Blake Griffin um for like 11 games now and they're 10 and 1 during that stretch mm. or something like or 9 and 1 during that stretch, Cut something it. like that. Cut oh, it. you got to get rid of them now. Yeah. Okay. Fire sale. Fire sale. You think there are any takers? No. Okay. <laughs> That's a, no, that's a mean, hot take. I like that. No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. But he, you know, that's a that's a Ewing theory. He's, sure. He's clearly still one of their best players. But it is interesting how teams, you know, kind of rally. It probably should make sense. And I've I've advocated for this in the past, that it's such a long season that I think teams could probably do well to play some other guys. And the Spurs have done this in the past and, yeah. and haven't even made any bones about it and have said, we're going to play some different guys tonight. We're going to give a guy some rest. There's something about the fans who pay tickets, you know, that you probably sure, but that's part of the risk. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I get you want to see your, you want to see the team you at full strength because you pay harder money to do that. But at the same time, do you want to see that or do you want to see them have a better chance at the title? Exactly. Yeah, you know, there's I a little mean, give and take there. Yeah, and this happens in baseball all the time. You know, I would love to see rehab stints, sure, and nights where we just say like it's agreed by both teams we're playing the JV tonight. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams would love to see number twelve guy on the bench. Go the whole way. And then those guys step up. They're excited. They right. want to prove themselves. So it's probably no surprise that in the absence of a Blake Griffin that, you know, the guys behind him want to prove, hey, I'm an NBA player too. Right. Watch me go. Except for Josh Smith, who's still terrible. <laughs> yeah. He's, he just doesn't even seem like he knows that there are other guys on the floor. It's, it's like he thinks the object is to miss threes. <laughs> I mean, that's really what we're at here is that there are times where it looks like I actually saw this weird thing once, and I asked a I asked a shooting coach about it, and he's like, and he was like, I've ne- I've never heard of this before, but it was before a game, and Monte Ellis looked like he was intentionally missing on a free throw on the left side and on the right side, and it's not like he was just missing, like he was missing the same spot every time, like he was aiming for that, and I don't know if this was like a oh end of the game if I have to miss a free throw. Wow. You know, to do, but it was doing that. I was like, "Is that just testing your aim?" And this coach was like, "I've never." And he's like, "I've never heard of this before. Like, I've been coaching for twenty five years. I've never heard of this." And of course, like Monte Ellis would be the one to break like right. some kind of basketball saying, oh, theory in that sense. Yeah. So maybe that's what Josh Smith is doing. Is he's either intentionally missing because he thinks that's the idea, or he's just trying to help his team work on offensive rebounding. Well, listen, that guy has made a lot of money in the A NBA. lot of money, yeah. So maybe he's the genius and we're the idiots here. Well, it helps to be 6'9", six, 6'10", six, in, in a freak athletic Isn't he a guy that – he's one of those that when you see him kind of do what he does, you can see why he came right out of high school, that he's always had people saying, yeah, let's give him a chance. Because right. he just looks like he should – Well, and he used to be really good. Yeah. He yeah. used to be one of the 10 best defenders in the but league. You can tell he could do everything he, except yeah, shoot threes. Yeah, yeah he's somebody uh, – Al Harrington er, – not Al Harrington. Oh, he was on the Jazz. He, then he, he was a Hawks guy and came to the Jazz. Why am I blanking on his name? Hawks guy who came to Second, the Jazz. Second, number two draft pick. Oh, Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams. Yeah. He's another guy like that. Yeah. That you can tell it, 
why he's been with big programs and he's had right. a lot of people crazy talented. On. Yeah, right. He has everything, and then he just for some reason hasn't been able to put it together. Yeah, he can put it together only so much, and then yeah. and then it gets tough. Uh, after those top four, that's when we start getting. Wait, weird. who do you think wins between those two? By the way, I'd take the Thunder. Yeah, 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 I would just Kevin Durant. I may be the best player in the yeah. world, and Westbrook is ridiculous. And I mean, Kevin Durant's a six eleven like combo yeah. guard. Yeah, I mean, he, you think he's about, the other alien that we were talking right. About. Like watching him is like watching basketball in a funhouse mirror. Like it's yeah. just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But after that, it gets a little tougher in the West. Whereas in years past, it was like, oh, this top seven's really great. You get to number five. Is it the Grizzlies? Is it the Mavericks? What about a healthy Jazz team? Like who would be the fifth best team in the in the West? Or should it be the Rockets who? Just I don't underperformed I, I don't so much this year Rockets. after such a great year last yeah. year, and now they just like there's just no effort. Number two in the West, right? Last year, number two in the West after you know Dwight Howard missed forty games. James Harden actually played defense. They everyone rallied around yeah. every injury they went through, and this year um, it's just not there. I don't I don't believe in the Rockets at all. No matter where they end up, I, I just don't believe them. I mean the fact that they. Chase McHale out to me says everything about their character. I can't imagine he was the problem here. Like I get that at some no, point you have no to way. you have to say, oh well, let's get a new voice in there. But it's not like he was the coach no. there for fifteen years. Yeah, I mean he's a legend. He, I mean he's got a move named after him. Right. You know? Well, it feels I mean, like he would be the guy that you you would trust in turning a team around yeah. because he has all that experience. Because he he's never been like great X's and O's guy, but he's a a really good motivator. Like every time he's had a coaching stint, yeah. that's kind of been the thing guys talk about. But this team is just too far gone. Yeah. So anyway, I don't. I don't believe in them. I do think the Mavericks have been surpri- a surprise to me. I, I didn't. I did not think they were going to be any good at all. I thought they were going to be terrible. And it, it's you know I'm glad to see they've got a, a couple former Jazz guys. So I I always like to see you know we've had Jazz West, Jazz East, Jazz Pacific Northwest, <laughs> sure. Jazz Brooklyn, Jazz uh, Jazz Atlanta. Those have all kind of that diaspora has been around the league. Right. Now it's in Dallas. And anyway, I, I like to see them having some success. So I think they're the team of that little spot. What know? about the Grizzlies? Do you, Is it just kind of we've seen this show too many times? Yeah, I think they are kind of who they always are. But I, I do think they'll be good in the playoffs. They always seem to kind of Yeah, I mean, it's scrappy. a team you don't really want to play no, in the playoffs. No right? Like, you know to. you'll win, but, it, but it's... At what cost? Yeah, like you're going to get pretty beat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think they'll be fun to watch. But I... I so, yeah, I think... Grizzlies, Mavs in that next two in the five and six spot. Do you think that I, I thought of this question that I think there's actually some some merit to? Are the Kings set up for better success this season than the Utah Jazz? Hmm. When you get into the fact that all right, they have a better franchise guy in Demarcus Cousins, which I know some people, no, the, gotta, some people gotta. in this town may not believe in Demarcus Cousins, may say, "Hey, I'll take favors over him." But I, Cousins is one of the twelve most impactful players. I mean, they're. They're very good. Like the yeah. reason their record is as bad as it is because he missed like eight or nine games and they won one of those. So I mean, in yeah, part of that, he's the whole team. Yeah, I mean, he's incredible. But they, do, but I ask that in the sense that I like the Jazz team better. I like their core better. I like their roster better. But it's very young and very inexperienced. Whereas the Kings have, you know, Rajon Rondo who's got a ton of playoff experience. They've got Marco Bellinelli who has a ton of experience with the Spurs. Um, they have they have these guys who seemingly are much more tested. So. Would that make them more set up to to make the playoffs this year than an inexperienced Jazz team, or is that Jazz team so well put together in terms of complementing each other that you would give them the edge? Uh, I give the Jazz the edge. Like I said, I love Cousins. And yeah, I, I mean, I took a while to come around on him. Sure. At first, I thought this guy's a basket case. He's whatever. 
But then you, you see, I think once you kind of get what he's about, it's a fun show. Right. He's a little, he's, he's clearly insane. <laughs> sure. But I think, I think, uh, and, and maybe that's just his on court demeanor. I'm not making any statements about him yeah. as a person, but just his, the way he plays the game. And I just don't, I just think it's too volatile. I just think they do have a lot of pieces, but I just think, you know, we've seen the Jazz have been on the wrong end of Sacramento, but I think they have the edge. I'm going to give it to the Jazz, but you're yeah. right. DeMarcus Cousins I think it's is a decent, an absolute I think beast. it's a decent conversation in the sense yeah. that, 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 that Kings team does, they do have some veteran presence. You know, Rondo can be very mercurial as, as Cousins can. I, I do think Cousins, it's weird. Like, I almost think he cares too much. And part of that could have been born from the fact that he's been in an entirely chaotic organization his entire time that just cycles in guys over and over and over in every position in terms of front office, coaching, players. Like, there is no consistency and continuity there. So if you were him and you have all this talent, you have all the size, and you have the ability to, you know, to, to really dominate at times, and you just see all these moving parts constantly and no, nothing you can build with, wouldn't you be angry? Like I kind of think I would be. I wouldn't be the best guy to be around at times. Yeah. What do you What do you put around him though? If you were building, that's a team, the question. I don't know. You know, what does it look like? Um, I mean, shooters. That they've gone. They've gone with. I mean, putting Rondo next to him seems like a crazy thing to yeah. do. But you know, I I guess I never realized how little Rajon Rondo is. He's not a big guy. He's a yeah. tiny little fella. Yeah. And then you get him up next to Cousins, who's just an absolute mountain. Yeah. It just makes him look tiny, but. They've got some interesting players. They've got interesting stuff going on. I, I one other team though that I think is sneaky on the edges is Portland. Yeah, that's that was my next question: is how seriously do you take Portland? I didn't take them seriously. I thought you know with the off season they had, right. it looked like they were in complete disarray. I thought maybe they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I didn't know about CJ McCollum. A kid can play. Oh yeah, he's really good. And then Dame Lillard is just still. He's kind of like a Curry he's a killer. Light. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't even know if light. I think if he had. Some similar stuff around him. Who knows what? Like he could a curry do. extra medium. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah, I, <laughs> extra medium. Extra medium. I don't know, but he he gets a lot of love, obviously, because he played his college ball here. And I've always wondered, like, what what would it have been like if the Jazz could have found a way to sure. get him here? It, it could have been. Well, you know who could have who he could have been playing with, Demarcus Cousins. Here? Kings passed on him. Oh wow! The Kings passed on Cousins. Wow! They took Thomas Robinson. Think about that inside-out game, right? That I mean, that's the wow. you talk about who you put around Demarcus Cousins. Like, how about all the draft picks they've missed out on by going with Nick Stauskas and Jimmer Fredette and <laughs> Thomas Robinson? And wait, did they take Jim? Did they did they take Jimmer over Dame? Uh, no, they took Jimmer over um, Clay Thompson. <laughs> So you could have had Dame, you could have had Clay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins in, the, in this <laughs> vacuum of poor decisions. That, uh, it's a, oh, okay, so yeah, that's my, that's my that's answer. It, I, put, I put there Clay is. Thompson put and Damian Lillard around, around DeMarcus imagine? Cousins. That's a nasty team. I think, I think Portland concerns you, um, well, if you're anyone in the West, but it's, you know, especially if you're a team like the Jazz who's kind of on the cusp uh, over the next couple of seasons yeah. because of how quickly they've rebounded from losing 40% of their right. of their starting lineup. And then... They've gotten a lot of assets. They've got a ton of cap space. Like they've got a very smart GM and Neil O'Shea who can, you know, come through and make some moves. And they've kind of restocked right away. I don't know if they're good enough to make the playoffs this year, um, just because that defense is pretty bad. And they've got some, you know, some question marks of, of the, you know, the big men that they brought in. 
but they look I mean Terry Stott's a really good coach and they look capable of being dangerous every night yeah they're gonna be back I mean this year we've seen it a couple times that when they're off they're terrible but they've had some other nights where they look incredible and their guard lineup is tough yeah I don't know what you do with them I yeah mean, anyway they've got a fun team they'll be They'll be fun to watch. That's the kind of thing I love when a team, you know, feels like they're going to lose everything, but then they still find a way to compete. That's what's so sad about the Lakers. I think there's no world where the Lakers should be this bad. Well, they have talent, too. I mean, Lou Williams can play. You know, Roy Hibbert two years ago was one of the best defenders in the league. What happened to Hibbert? I mean, come on. Just lost confidence or I don't know. I mean, maybe Frank Vogel's that good of a coach. That he, you know, he was what made Roy Hibbert good. I mean, you can't, you can't imagine that he would just forgot how to block shots and how to be big. Yeah. You know, wow. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I love it when a team can find a way. The Jazz did it back in the uh, post Carl Malone, John Stockton sure. era, where everybody thought they were going to be terrible. They missed the playoffs by one game. They ended up, you know, that was AK forty seven. Yeah, you know. Um, By the way, Andre Karolinko is one of my favorite. I got to cover right. him for a year, and he was maybe two years. Maybe it was two years. And uh, he was just one of my favorite guys He's to talk best, to. Right? He's so great. I've always wondered what would have happened if he – because I don't think Jerry Sloan really let him fly the sure. way he could have done. And I've always wondered if he'd been on that seven seconds or less Suns team, Ooh. what would have happened? Oh, my God. You know, you put him in that uh, – maybe Sean Marion or, or put him alongside Sean Marion yeah. and somehow figure out a way to get him in there with his creativity – his freaky athleticism, his his passion, you know yeah. all that stuff. I think I think emotionally he would have responded to their right. their camaraderie. Uh, could have been. I think we missed. I I don't think we got everything out of Andre Kirilenko that he could have showed during sure. his prime. His his year on the Timberwolves. Uh, someone asked him a question like, you know, you play such good defense. How do you do it without fouling? You're never in foul trouble. And this is how smart of a player Andre. Kirilenko, and this is how crazy talented he is as a player. Um, his his answer was you just don't foul, like it was that it was that easy for him. Like that's how that's how good he is at defense. Where his decision to, or his decision to not foul is just to not foul. Just don't foul. like that's how he avoids it. He's like oh you just don't foul. It's a dumb question. Yeah, like it, and he's like he was so smart to talk. Like you just felt like you were getting smarter as you asked him questions. Uh, but you had to get in there quick because he wanted out of the locker room as soon as the doors that's open. That's funny because those are the kinds of things where you come away feeling like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't foul him. Right. Jerry Sloan used to do the same thing. I think in his press conferences, you know, with the scrum afterward with the media, he'd be talking and it would be all these little aphorisms, these little folksy little things. And, and you'd come away being like, yeah, you can't play in a tuxedo. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You know, you come away. It sounds so true. And then you start writing up the notes and you think, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. Right. But you, for one minute, you really believed it. He's got this disarming little slew of of (laughs) answers to throw at people that confuse you to the point where you're like, oh, right, that makes sense. Yeah, the thing with him was that it was so sincere and that you you understood it, that he was communicating like some sort of value that you came away understanding. Like, yeah, okay. Then the the actual words didn't mean much. Yeah. But the value itself. But the value is there. Well, we're going to go around the entire NBA with some news items when we come back. You'll listen to Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Analytics and opinions on the jazz and the rest of the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Welcome back to the Salt City Hoop Show. I'm Zach Harper filling in for Andy Larson, who is somewhere gallivanting around New York right now, I assume. And Spencer Hall is with me. Yeah, he's probably, I'm guessing he's with the Pizza Rat. Mm. He's somewhere in the subway. 
I had this argument with somebody on uh, that's fake, right? On Twitter, I know. I think it was real. But do you think a rat or a squirrel is more athletic? The squirrel. See, I thought I thought the squirrel too. They were saying the rat because the rat's stronger and it's uh, can maybe be faster with that strength. But I I think no. it's a squirrel. No, I, I think this is this is your weightlifter versus your gymnast. Sure. Question. Yeah. And I go with the gymnast. I would go with the gymnast as well. <clears throat> Also because I hate lifting weights. Well, I don't like I'm, – I'm not a gymnast by any means, so I guess I'm, I'm not both. But gymnast seems harder to do to me. Yeah, Andy's out there. He's covering the Jazz Knicks and Jazz Nets, and then he's going to be in D.C. for uh, Jazz Wizards. Yeah. So nice little road trip. It's a nice trip. little trip, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good one-two combo. Get you some insights from yeah. him on the road. Uh, years ago, you would have had to go to the Knicks game and then go to New Jersey right? to the Nets game. That's not – no one would do that. Well, we talked about it. I, I haven't been out to Brooklyn yet. And I, I hear that arena is incredible. It's great. But it's a shame that they don't have a team to put it in. There's eight people in there every night. That's do, you think, it. do you think Prokhorov misspoke the other day when he said, I deserve a championship? No, I think that? he really believes. He, <laughs> I think when you have like $8 billion, you think you deserve everything. I should have had a championship. If I had won Powerball of that $1.5 right. billion, I would deserve all <laughs> of the things in the world. I don't think that, yeah, I don't think he misspoke at all. It just seemed like a weird statement that yeah. he thought, listen, I, I have this much money. I can't yeah. believe I don't have a championship. Right. right. Hey, let's go, let's go around the NBA right now. We may touch on some weirder things than Prokhorov saying that he he deserves a championship. This is something now. Uh, All star voting is closed. Closed last night at midnight Eastern. I didn't get my votes in. I didn't get my votes in either. So, well, I voted for myself a couple of times, but I don't <laughs> think those are going to count. Uh, but I definitely want to get in that. I, I just want to be in the three point shootout. Right. I just want to try. Skills like champ. I know I'm, 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 I'm not going to beat an NBA player, but I yeah I want to try that. I just right. want to do the obstacle course. Um, but so during this though. There's a product reviewer in Toronto who is giving away iPhones. Uh, you were in the running to get an iPhone if you retweeted his NBA vote for Kyle Lowry. Wait, so you get one automatically? No, you don't get one. The... No, you're in the running. So he was going <laughs> to give like three away to three people who retweeted that. Okay. And it got like, I don't know, 12, 16, 18,000 retweets. Wow. Those are 18,000 yeah. votes for Kyle Lowry. Wow. Um, is that Okay. I think so, as long as you're doing the fan vote. I mean, hockey right now is right. in a little bit of a controversy. They're in a mess, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, for those who aren't familiar with what happened, the hockey fans, they have their all-star game has a fan component. Yeah. And the fans thought it would be funny to pick one of the worst players in the league and start voting for him, and it got, went viral, and all of a sudden he's in, and he started thinking, you know what, this is going to be fun. And then the league turned around and said he couldn't be in. Yeah, and now they're in kind of a mess. I don't know how that's resolved since then. I, I think they just kicked him out of the league yeah, entirely. They, that, well, that's they did. The way that's you go. The legit. They put him down in the minor league. Right? Oh, there you go. But they okay. really did. They they traded him and then put him down in the minor leagues. So wow, he's not, he's not eligible. That's it's that's really up. shady. Yeah, it's messed up. No, but I I don't know. If you had if you had if you could offer up something to get like Derek Favors votes for yeah. the officer, like what would you offer? Do you have an iPhone to give away? <laughs> I mean, we know you have a dead iPhone right now, but. Um, <laughs> Do you have any like memorabilia or like some kind of offer? You're like, hey, I'll go to dinner with you if you retweet this. <laughs> I will go to dinner with anyone okay. who retweets. <laughs> you know, and in fact, no. I let's see, what could I offer? I the only thing that I bring to the table, I think, is gluten tolerance, so okay. I can eat. <laughs> so you can whatever. eat all the bread that yeah. someone may not be able to eat, uh, and lactose tolerant. And then also, I know a lot of weird corners of the state. I could introduce you to Grouse Creek. Okay. I don't okay. know what that means. Right. No, these are just corners of the state that are really... So if anybody wants that and you want to... It's too late now. Right. The voting's closed. But next year... But next year we could do something like we'll that. We'll figure that out. No, I do. I don't I don't mind. If, as long as they're going to leave it open to the fans. Yeah. 
then something like this needs to happen. It's actually surprising that more teams don't do contesting right. around that well, I think I think the Pistons were giving stuff away. They wow. were giving away like autograph stuff if you say, voted for Andre Drummond. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. No, because you might as well. I know the Mavericks did a promotion a couple of years ago, and they used a tool with a local company called Quizzer that we use at KSL, and they had they had a thing in there where you would pick your favorite meal at this restaurant okay. that's next door. So when you go pregame, you what do you like to eat? And then if you put in your email address, you got a Dirk Nowitzki jersey. And they got a ton of responses. So many people wanted that jersey. They were willing to take this quiz and put their email address in and all these things. And the thing you learn is that people love contests and people love people free stuff. People do love it free happens, stuff. It happens at the arena. Like sometimes it's embarrassing, but the loudest cheer comes for the t-shirt giveaway yeah. or the, or the Chick-fil-A yeah. miss free throws. I've <laughs> never that, seen a building get crazier that than is that. A, that is a phenomenal promotion. It's though. great. Because you want it's it really has the, brilliant. It has the upside of having a game affecting cheer. Like the t-shirt stuff happens in a timeout and yeah. everybody's going crazy. Right. But the Chick-fil-A thing happens when a guy's at the line and you're trying to make him miss and the place is going absolutely berserk. I love that. Yeah. So anyway, all I'm saying is if if teams would do more contesting around getting their guy on the team, it would probably have a big effect. They would have some good stuff to give away. Yeah. We mentioned earlier the Cavaliers got destroyed by the Warriors last night. Uh, 132 to 98, I believe, was the score, which uh, that's not ideal if you're the Cavs. Do you think the Cavs should be worried, and are you worried about their ability to win a title? I think as long as they have LeBron, they have a chance. They're okay. And we've seen, how many times have we seen four times LeBron in the finals where he almost single-handedly won a thing with a, a, a surrounding roster of whoever. Right. And he's got know, some talent. This yeah. Time. I think the thing we're starting to see is that Kevin Love isn't maybe, maybe there was a reason why his teams weren't winning. And yeah. maybe that's harsh to say, but well, maybe, I mean, Kyrie Irving too. I mean, his teams yeah. were, I mean, it's hard to win as a young player, but, um, you have to learn how to play like, yeah. you know, Dwayne Wade had to learn how to sac- learn how to sacrifice. I don't know. These guys have sacrificed yet. And that's the thing. If you go back and look at LeBron's early career, you it becomes even more remarkable in retrospect how with those early Cleveland teams, the way he was, you know, scoring thirty points in a fourth quarter, yeah. doing everything possible to win a game. That there are some guys who are good and this, but they're on a bad team, and people think, oh, blah blah blah. But LeBron didn't have a great team no. around him, and he still, it, you know, made it to the finals. That's a hard comparison. You know, it's hard to ask somebody to be LeBron. But that ends up being the standard sometimes. But, yeah, I do think um, that whoever comes out of the West is going to roll Cleveland or Chicago or Miami. It may get ugly, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's even going to be a Um, contest. Prior to the game, Steph Curry, when talking about Cleveland, said he hoped that the locker room still smelled like champagne. (laughs) Uh, The Cavs did not... Did not uh, maybe take that too kindly, but it didn't matter. They because, went out and lost by four. Because they went out and got destroyed. Uh, do you think the Warriors are a little too cocky, or do you like this attitude? No, I do think they're too cocky. And we've seen that when they came through. I just think I get a little tired of their attitude. And I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm not trying to be a hater, but I just, they have a couple guys on the team that just have, sure. have quickly become kind of not my favorites to, okay. to watch. And so, uh, you know. It's fine, but I I love what they're doing on the court, and it's fun for the game, and it's mm-hmm. all these things. But I wish they could just have a little less. See, I like it. Uh, I want more trash talking. <laughs> I want more celebrating because then, if you come back and you beat them, 
then yeah, it's, it's, then it's, it's that much shameful, better. right? So, yeah. so I, I, I'm all, for, I'm also, I'm a big fan of Ricky Davis when he played. <laughs> so I'm very into the boisterous. <laughs> Who, by the way, he was playing the Jazz that time when he tried to get a triple double yeah. on his own basket. Deshaun Stevenson, Deshaun Stevenson had wasn't to push happy. Him down. No. When Deshaun Stevenson's the voice of reason, maybe <laughs> you're not doing the right thing. That's a good point. No, but I think, uh, you know, I absolutely believe in a great villain. Like, yeah. you have to have a strong villain to be able to have a good hero. And uh, so, but I, I don't know. They came in, the Golden State Warriors came in as such a hero team that it's kind of odd for me that, to see them kind of taking the heel turn a little bit. Sure. In my mind, at least. But anyway, I, I think they're going to they're gonna roll to the Western Conference Finals. But I, I, I'm going to say it right now. I think the Spurs are going to give them all they can handle. Yeah. Would you take the Spurs? You, I'm gonna got, take, you asked me I, earlier. I, I'm going to take the Spurs. You're going to take the Spurs? I'm going right. to go I'll on the record the right now. I'll take the Warriors, and okay. whoever wins will buy the other one dinner. How That's about that? Because like you want to go to dinner anyway. I know. I've been trying to get you to go to dinner. <laughs> By the way, as, an, as a new transplant to Salt Lake City, yeah. have you enjoyed the food scene here? Yeah, it's, it's better than I was expecting, and I've found a couple of places I really like. What's your spot? Uh, well, for brunch, I like, uh, I like this place called Rye. Uh, which is delicious it's amazing a little pork they, belly. the pork belly with yeah, the waffle yeah, yeah. and the whiskey amazing. flavored syrup yeah I'm, I'm all in on that that's yeah. kind of my favorite thing to get where else um well we went to chungas yeah that amazing. was great yeah that was really good anything else um i went to uh i went to a sushi dinner uh takashi yeah. is that the place yep, uh yep. did the omakase with a friend and it was um it was spectacular was amazing yeah that was really good yeah well good well, i as someone who's known you for a long time yeah and then you move here i felt a little bit of responsibility i felt there's like a little bit of pressure it's a lot of pressure yeah i got i got my town has to represent sure because so anyway. if I'm not happy, I mean, so I hope all of you listening are sending recommendations to at talk hoop sure. on Twitter. Yeah, do that. You know, <laughs> introduce him more. Invite him over to your house. Make yeah. that make that casserole that's so good. Sure, and uh, show him a good time. Um, Jared Bayless got poked in the eye by Jeremy Lin's hair. Jeremy Lin's been doing some stuff. I knew with it was going to happen. Yeah. It's about a foot long. It's really, I mean, it's and the worst part is that his hair design is always at the suggestion from Spencer Hawes. Oh, is that how? It yeah, works? that's how it's going right now. Oh, so if he says like, "All right, do a bowl cut," then he has to drop it down to a bowl is cut. That a, says did to, he lose a bet? Or I don't or? know what that is. I think maybe Spencer's just a dominating uh, <laughs> type of figure in the Hornets locker room. I don't know what that is, but it hurt somebody. Wow. What's the most embarrassing injury you've had? That I've had. Yeah. I can tell you. I can tell you. <laughs> I uh, was once opening a syrup bottle um, that would, like had the plastic on it with uh-huh. a knife, and the knife slipped and it stuck in my hand oh. in the webbing between my oh. my thumb, and it was like stuck there. And then my hand was really weak for like a, you know a week or so, and I had to tell people like I stabbed myself trying to open a syrup <laughs> bottle, which is not ideal. That is pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I I tore my Achilles playing right. indoor soccer, but I thought. I heard this sound, mm-hmm. and it was you know sounded like I'd been slapped in the back, and it felt like I'd been kicked. And I got up and I challenged the guy who was about <laughs> ten feet away, and I was mad. And I thought he'd taken me down, and he looks at me, he's like, "Dude, I didn't even touch you. I wasn't even close to you." And I I got off the side. I was still mad, and my teammates said, "No, nobody was around you. You were just running." You just broke. your your yeah. ankle snapped yeah. from the back. You're so weak <laughs> and so fat that just running with no one around you causes. You know, a debilitating injury. Yeah. And before we go to break, Daryl Morey says nobody will want to face the Rockets in the playoffs. You're not buying it. No, everyone wants to. I would want to. I would want to face that team. Yeah, if they you don't have to pick a team resilient. in the West, yeah, I think you take the Rockets all day long. The Thunder have to be hoping that the Rockets yeah. get up to that six seed. But I mean, listen, James Harden. It, you never know what you're going to get. You could he could drop sixty or he sure. could not show up. 
Dwight Howard could be a beast under yeah. the right circumstances. But yeah, I mean, Maury, you know, he got lucky when he pulled off that uh the Harden trade, but other than that, it's uh it's kind of a weird group. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to break. Uh, you're listening to Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. When we come back, we're going to look at the Jazz schedule coming up. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Welcome back to the Salt City Hoops show. I'm Zach Harper filling in for Andy Larson. You're Spencer Hall filling in for me. I still don't think that makes sense. I, it, no, makes it makes sense in my head. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, but I'm in Andy's chair. and then you're, Well, I'm usually in the other chair oh, in the okay. studio, but you're, you're on that side of the table for me. It feels good to be talk hoops for for at least one night. Sure, it, it, you know you're you're gonna want to watch more bad movies. <laughs> um, maybe maybe not watch so much basketball. Get a volume tweet. Volume tweet. Yeah, yeah, tweet a lot of nonsense. You're gonna come yeah. up with jokes that people tell you aren't I'm funny. Write a blog post for 17 different sites. Yeah, yeah. You want to definitely spread it around, um, and then you know finish off the night with some Fast and Furious. Right. That's the way to go. <laughs> uh, we've got the Jazz upcoming schedule. Uh, we've already talked about the road trip a little bit, but at Knicks on Wednesday, Kristaps uh, Porzingis has a foot injury and may not too play. Bad. That's too bad. Um, but Derek Favors, I believe, is listed as doubtful from the Jazz. So how great though! I think Porzingis has been one of the fun. He's so fun, and he's like legitimately season. good. Yeah, and to have him kind of emerge on that Knicks team, and I don't know. I always want the Knicks, the Lakers, Boston. They should always have a good team. The league's the right. league is better. I mean, I know the fan bases maybe are annoying to some smaller markets, but the the league is always in a better place when those teams are good. And now Boston's pretty pretty solid. Yeah. The Knicks are getting there. Knicks have been pretty solid this season. The Lakers are not. No. The Lakers are what's the opposite of solid? The Laker <laughs> Lakers are liquid. The Lakers are are the ones giving mist? everyone else wins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're the mist. mist. They're the fog of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what they are. But uh, that that's will be too bad that they're not going to have Porzingis. Yeah. Well, he he may play, but he, he's questionable right now with a foot injury that happened, I believe, last game. Um, but yeah, he's been someone. Well, you talked about Rudy Gobert earlier where you said like he likes to play. Like mm-hmm. you can tell he genuinely like that's kind of Porzingis. You can tell he he loves this. Yeah. Like, he, he loves he dunking got, on guys. He loves shooting. He yeah, loves exactly. rebounding, all that stuff. He loves to challenge. And I, I like it when a guy actually gets a little starstruck. When he played Dirk, he said yeah. he got a little bit like yeah. that. And that, to me, means they know the league. They've been following it. They're passionate about it. Right. They care. The history means something yeah, to some them. Yeah, some of the guys you think, he, this guy doesn't, he hasn't done any homework on his team. He doesn't know the history. The fans are passionate. This guy doesn't care. And he's, he's the opposite of that. He's right. somebody who knows what's up. And then Friday, I believe it's Friday. Friday, they've got the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, who are sad. But the Nets have been scrappy this year. Um, all right, this is a stat that probably doesn't mean anything, but they they are like they're they're above fifty percent against the spread, like the betting spread. Huh. Which all right, <laughs> now granted that doesn't mean a whole lot, but I look at that and I'm like, okay, this team performs at least better than the expectations when it comes to how much they'll lose by. Interesting. So there is there is some something where like. They're not losing by as many points as people think, so there's maybe we're misjudging them, or maybe there's a scrappiness there. And Brooke Lopez is still a very good player. That's interesting. Yeah. And Vegas never loses. They're surprisingly accurate. So They never lose, and they would never lead you astray. Right. Because nothing but good things happen when you trust Vegas. Exactly. I'm actually going to Las Vegas on Friday. Are you really? Uh, for the weekend. So um, hopefully they show me a good time right. and they don't lie to me. Well, if we if you wake up with... A lion and a machine. Sure. Uh, no, no, I've seen that on. before. I know what to do then. <laughs> right, that's yeah, good. You, you've got to go to the roof at that You've point. You've seen this tutorial. Yeah. And then uh, Saturday, they're at the Wizards. 
Um, much in the way that we saw the Jazz kind of take the Warriors out of their game when the Warriors were here. I think you can do that to the Wizards much easier, one, because they're not as good, but two, they've they've struggled to find this kind of pace and space mentality this year where they're, they are pushing the ball, they are shooting a lot of threes, um, or shooting more threes. They're shooting a good percentage, but they don't really know what to do outside of that, and they haven't found their defensive identity that they had so so much of last season. So that's uh, I think that's a winnable back-to-back. Yeah, and these eastern eastern swings are always interesting because it's not a team you're seeing all right. all year long, right? And so it's more of a surprise. And I think um, I I don't know. I I want the Jazz to win all three. I'm, that's just yeah. That's I just mean, that me. would be ideal for a Jazz fan, right? That's just like. me. But no, I think they can. I think that this after kind of a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. We talked about it earlier, but I do think this Jazz team plays better on the road. And I think these are all winnable games, and I think it's time for them to kind of put things back together. They they got it all back together against the Lakers the other night. Sure. We saw them rolling. Granted, it was the Lakers. But I think they can string some of that together, and I, I think they go 3-0. and You think they go 3-0? I, yeah. I, I'll say at least 2-1. and Okay. I think 2-1, and that puts them at 500 for the six-game stretch. But then after that, six-game homestand, which, yeah. time I mean. To, time to eat. It's time to eat. And there's some very eatable games here. If you want to say it that way, uh, they've got the Pistons, which will be tough. Pistons have been very good defensively, and uh, Reggie Jackson can get hot from three. They've got a couple of shooters that can get hot, but they've also struggled to make shots as a team all season long. Um, so that could be a tough one. And then they've got the Hornets after that. MKG, Michael K. Gilchrist, maybe back soon, uh, maybe back for that game, mm. uh, which adds an incredible defensive wing to mm. to throw at Gordon Hayward. But um, you know, maybe a little revenge game there for the Jazz and facing this Hornets team at home. Yeah. Um, after that, they have the Wolves, who are awful. The worst. The, I mean, not the worst. They're not the. Well, I don't know. They lost to the Sixers, so maybe they are the worst. <laughs> um, but they're really bad, and that's a very. Uh, the Wolves have been better at home, or better on the road this year than at home. Uh, but that's a very winnable game. Then after that, you have the Bulls, mm. uh, which will be tough. But they only. I mean, if you can, if you can keep Jimmy Butler from dropping fifty, yeah. I think you've got a good chance. By the way, how 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 much of a surprise? I mean. Maybe there were people who knew Jimmy Butler was going to be a star, but I never saw it coming. Well, two years ago, he shot like 29% from three and like 40% right. from the field. Uh, he was dealing with injuries, but like it just didn't look like he could make a shot. What, what, what changed for him? Because he, 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 he turned himself into th- the I mean, focus of that team. Yeah, he's just kind of a monster. Like yeah. he's, I mean, he's like a 6'7", six, 6'8", six, wing who's very strong, has a good shooting stroke. He plays a ton of defense. Um, isn't it, isn't it shocking, though, to watch that team and see uh, D. Rose just – a shell of himself yeah that's sad it is sad yeah it's not it's not great and then after that bulls game uh denver nuggets are are coming here and then the milwaukee and then the milwaukee bucks are coming here mm. um those are very winnable games i mean all right well i don't want to, last time andy and i tried this we was like <laughs> oh they'll go four and two four <laughs> five and five and two four and three something like that and everything will be fine uh, what but, if the Jazz oh, go nine and zero? They win these three. They just run off nine six. straight. What I mean, if they the, don't ever lose another game? The Clippers did it without Blake Griffin, right? So maybe that's something they can do. Well, I, this is what I want to see from this Jazz team: is they 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 need to learn back in the Stockton Malone. And I know this isn't fair, but back in the Stockton and Malone days, sure. they didn't lose in Salt Lake City. Yeah, if a team came in here, they were going to take care of their home business, try to go fifty fifty on the road, and then you know. You're gonna win the conference, right? I don't know why they don't just listen to me. That's super right. Easy. It seems easy. I don't super know why Quinn easy. Snyder hasn't said, "Hey guys, listen, I'm available. Just call me, Quinn." Yeah, I saw you at the grocery store the other day. Okay, you know, it was like how that was commercial. The, how was the cart looking? 
It was fine, but you know, he's in that commercial. There's a Harmon's commercial where okay. he's at the grocery store and somebody gives him some advice. And I ran into him at Harmon's. Oh. And I thought, you know, this is playing out. This I is just, how it goes. I know how this goes. Yeah. But then I didn't give him any advice. But you didn't have it for him. Okay. No. Well, no, next really, time. No, but they do. They, knew, they need to regain that, that mentality at home where we are not going to lose. At sure. Home. But they're not, they're not quite there yet. But this is an opportunity with a, with a homestand like that, which is kind of unheard of. I mean, you have you have to win the Wolves, Nuggets, and Bucks games. I think yeah. those are three very bad teams. Yeah. Nuggets are a little scrappier lately since they've gotten healthy and Gallo's got Danilo Gallinari is kind of back. But um, but you have to win those three. So if you can steal one of the other one or two, I think you know you can go in the stretch in this nine game stretch. I don't know six and three is that seven that's and two. What, that's what a good team would do. I'll say seven and two. Uh, you got to get you got to get Derek Favors back and uh, maybe right. next time this show comes on next week Derek Favors will be back. Uh thanks Spencer Hall for joining me. Thank you Andy Larson for letting me sit in your chair and uh this has been Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Thanks guys.